You're listening to the free preview episode of On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. To hear the entire episode, go to patreon.com forward slash Karen Geyer, K-A-R-E-N-G-E-I-E-R, and sign up. It's only $5 for the entire series. This is On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. Content warning for this episode. The introduction to this episode contains a graphic description of the events in the Toronto van attack. The actual episode resumes after three minutes. That I'd be okay. <laughs> Family photos are still tough for Nick D'Amico, who lost his sister Anne Marie in the attack. Oh, yeah. No, this is my favorite one, though. She was so zany. <laughs> This week, for the first time, he saw the video of the man who killed her telling police why he did it. I think all the emotions, whether it was anger or whatever, sorrow or whatever, all came in together at once, and you just start getting nauseous just thinking about it. And you can just have a seat in the corner right over there, okay? Hold on. The interview with a police detective takes place mere hours after Alec Manassian used a rental van to kill 10 people and hurt more than a dozen others. Well, I am a little shaken, to be honest. Yeah, it's, not, like, it's not my usual day, obviously. But that's about as expressive as he gets, even when he's asked if he understands what first-degree murder means. Completely intentional and considered to be what's known as in cold blood. His anger at being rejected by women is what he claims led him to indiscriminate revenge. I was driving down Young because I knew it would be a busy area. And then as soon as I saw there were uh, pedestrians, Mm -hmm. I just decided to uh, go for it. To be honest, the only reason I stopped my attack was because someone's drink got splashed on my uh, windshield. And I was worried that I would uh, crash the van. Come on, get down! He'd hoped to be killed by police, he says, but the officer didn't fall for Manassian's pantomime of pretending his wallet was a gun. Manassian claims he was motivated by similar violent incidents committed by so-called incels, men who believe women have denied them sex. D'Amico is worried the video of Manassian could do the same. Just makes me feel a little queasy that uh, all of a sudden now there's more of it out there. The video hasn't only been made public. In a rare move, the judge in the case has decided to release it before the trial. She said because he's not being tried with a jury, there was really no reason to hold it back. And she was concerned about any impression the case was being handled secretly, given the magnitude of what happened in this city on the day of the attack. The real issue for the court, she said, will be Manassian's mental state that day. Diana Swain, CBC News, Toronto. If you ask a proponent of men's rights activism what their movement is about, they will often say it's about protecting custodial rights or combating homelessness. But as you just heard in the own words of Alec Manassian, the Toronto van attacker, it can be about something much more sinister. My guest today is James. He was once involved with the men's rights activism movement and he got out and he's here to describe his descent into the group and his way out. Welcome, James. James, 
for people who don't really know what MRA stands for, talk to me about what the men's rights movement is actually about. Men's rights activism, as I knew it back um, at the start of the decade, is a, di- is a bit of a different beast c- compared to what it is now. Now it is a very toxic reputation, well-deserved, but that level of hostility, that level of very real violence didn't quite exist back then. The men's rights movement uh, back then, well, it, it stated to care about issues pertaining to men, like male victims of rape and sexual assault, uh, unfair treatment in custody battles, um, double standards when it comes to beauty and physical appearance and stuff like that. But kind of deep within the men's rights movement, whether the people in it are aware of it or not, is this disdain for women and this disdain for progress, basically. There is a non-zero amount of people within the men's rights movement who will probably call themselves traditionalists, um, want to go back to this mythological before times when everyone knew their place in society. Conservatives, basically. But uh, it's a very particular brand of conservatism that is just steeped in misogyny and entitlement, no matter how well-meaning their intentions appear to be, no matter how well-meaning they think they are. The, the, the roots are still there. We talk a lot about traditional groups on here, and often they're Christian. Do you did you get a sense when you were part of this group what percentage of people were Christian? Was it a high percentage? That's a good. That's a really good question. Um, I I never really noticed one way or another. Most of the forums I would frequent were on Reddit, um, and Reddit has a very large population of atheists. So it, it's not a trend that I really noticed in my time. Okay, so tell me about your story. How did you become aware of men's rights activism, and then how did you become involved in it? They're, they're not in accurate terms. I was in my early 20s. Um, I had dropped out of my first college, and I was living at home, and I was going to community college. And I was really very directionless in life. I didn't have a whole lot of plans going forward. I had very poor social skills uh, growing up, and it, it it was very hard for me to get dates and that in conjunction with going on social media and seeing all of my best friends from high school thriving in their chosen environments, it, it made me feel like I didn't really have a clear place in the world and didn't really have a clear direction. And, and that seemed to be a very common thread within these men's rights circles. And, and, and I kind of stumbled into the, these circles through Reddit at the time when the cartoon show My Little Pony Friendship is Magic was um, at its height of its popularity, I was part of the fandom, and the fandom has a very high – there's a lot of men in the fandom. And I think that sense of indignation over society as a whole kind of making fun of us for liking the show for little girls, um, this feeling like – there's nothing wrong with liking the show. It's just a good show. You're the sexist, actually. I still think the show's actually pretty good, but that's neither here nor there. That kind of feeling of righteous indignation is the kind of thing that men's rights activists and men's rights activist groups kind of rely on for people to join. The feeling that 
feminism and society as a whole has kind of left men behind that it's just focusing exclusively on women and other societal minorities. It's obviously a feeling that's not entirely accurate. Uh, men still to this day hold a lot of positions, well, most positions of power, at least in Western society. But again, just that feeling of righteous indignation is, is breeding ground for the kind of attitudes that lead, lead people towards MRI circles. Okay, so where were you hanging out to meet these people and get this information from? Mostly on Reddit. I I spent a lot of time on Reddit, a lot, a lot of different subreddits back in the day. Um, but it was the men's rights subreddit in particular. The thing about Reddit is that a, a, a lot of communities have a tendency to kind of bleed into one another. And I just kind of stumbled into it and, and kind of stumbled into the belief system just kind of just from browsing Reddit and doing what I was normally doing. So how did you go from being a newbie to getting more involved? I think a lot of it has to do with, I think a lot of it has to do with the pickup artist community because I was interested in pickup artistry at the time. And I think the Venn diagram of people who are interested in men's rights activism and interested in the pickup artist community is a circle. Uh, you know, like I said, I had a lot of trouble getting dates I was, you know, for for a lonely guy in his early twenties, it's you know kind of intoxicating to be drawn into these communities that tell you, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. Society is the problem, and we can help you how to navigate it to get everything that you're deserved. And what's particularly insidious about uh, pickup artistry, in particular, is that a lot of the advice they give um, to people who are starting out. We're trying to get dates. It's genuinely good advice. Stuff like groom yourself, uh, smell nice, wear clothes that fit, know how to hold a conversation, have good posture, take rejection in stride. I, this is something I noticed even way back when. Like, there's this kind of thread underneath all of that good advice in the pickup artist community that it, it is the sense of misogyny and entitlement, and you're basically manipulating women into wanting to have sex with you. And that kind of goal of viewing women more as conquests, not more, but viewing women as conquests as opposed to, you know, human beings with thoughts and feelings, um, it has a lot of overlap with a lot of the belief systems with men's rights circles that women have somehow taken what is rightfully men's and is encroaching on our territory or something like that. So at the time, did you agree with that position that men were entitled to certain things? Yeah, kind of. I, I'm, I remember feeling like, you know, again, like feminism has left men behind or whatever that women held all the true power in society. And, if if you have a very directionless life, if you haven't really found your place in the world, um, and I know I said it before, but it, it, it's kind of intoxicating to be told you're not the problem. Everyone else is the problem. So the thing about the Internet and the thing about forums specifically is that if you're saying stuff that people agree with, you get that instant gratification, you know, whether it's likes, favorites, upvotes. So it can be really... Um, you know, helpful for your self-esteem. Mm -hmm. 
and, and that's something that Reddit in particular is really good at. This is not something exclusive to men's rights circles. It's just when you get a lot of upvotes on a comment, it feels good because that's just how the site works. So at this point, were you spending more and more time on Reddit every day? I mean, I'm a millennial, a socially awkward millennial. I think I think a lot of it's, it's not an exaggeration to say that a lot of us grew up online. So I was already spending a lot of time online to begin with. Reddit as a site in particular for for both good and bad is really good at kind of fostering a sense of community. And, and this is regardless of men's rights activism. So, you know, I, I would always check, you know, what was going on in the subreddits. I would usually check not, not just the MLP subreddit, but a few others, too. And I, I would have the men's rights subreddit, subreddit bookmarked in my bookmark bar in my browser. And I would check it almost every day um, just to kind of see what was going on in the world. And yeah, just, just given the nature of online and just, again, the kind of sense of communities that sites like Reddit can foster – and I still like Reddit to this day, but I, I, I go on it maybe just a fraction of a fraction of a time that I did when I, when I was younger, just because I don't have time anymore. Um, but it, it, it just, it's just really easy to kind of get sucked into it because it, it, it is a built-in sense of community, no matter what you're in. So at this time, were you developing community with other people? In, in, in men's rights groups, not really. I kind of lucked out in that regard. Um, in, in other groups like the MLP fandom, yeah. Um, it, it was really easy to meet people and we would you know, sometimes hang out, play games together on steam every now and then we would have karaoke nights and it, 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 it was thoroughly divorced from ideology. It was just a bunch of dudes in a big old group chat singing songs together. And it, it, it was fun. But as, as far as men's rights group specifically, um, no, I was never in that deep. So the layout of Reddit subreddits is that you can see all of the topics that are active and you can get this bird's eye view of what people are talking about and what people think is important. So you can sort of, I mean, I'm going to ask you, did you witness people sort of become radicalized in real time because of that? Kind of. What, what, what is it? Is, is it Poe's law that states any conversation that goes on long enough will eventually be compared to Hitler? Godwin's law, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, it's 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 kind of like that. Like, I I think any situation, any conversation, no matter how innocuous, will eventually turn to something that could be considered political. And just because of the nature of the site with communities bleeding into one another, it's easy for someone to make this, you know, contribute to a conversation that on its face sounds completely ridiculous, but even just one person could see it and be like. Hmm, I kind of like what this person's saying and then kind of maybe check their other comments or interact with them more. That kind of just leaves them, leads them down the rabbit hole. I remember seeing this one post about this um, internet figure um, who, who at the time was criticizing the MLP fandom. And in, in retrospect, they were wholly legitimate criticisms. You know, so, some people who were posting about not a lot, but some people were kind of digging in their heels and and talking about like again, you know, nothing's wrong with our community. This is just the way we are. You're the sexist. And again, just given how, given how the site works, and just given how internet discourse works, it's easy for those people with similar views to find each other, and and for their communities to overlap. So, what kind of moderation was happening on that forum? If I went on there and I expressed feminist views, or I decided to argue. Would my comment be removed? You, you you would probably get your comment removed and banned. Yeah, 
as in, as in, you, your username would be banned from the song. I'm trying to get a sense of how radical some of these exchanges were. So if I went on there and said, you know, my wife just divorced me, I'd really like to smack her. Is that the kind of comment that would get upvoted or would it get removed? I I can't sp- I, I can't speak to it. Well, I'm, try- I'm trying to think. I, I, I think if, if there's something super egregious, like you, you were saying, like you quite literally wanted to beat your ex-wife, um, that would probably set off a number of red flags, rightfully so. I, I don't know if they would jump on it as quickly um, as the comment, the hypothetical comment where they were, where we, we were saying you guys are ridiculous. To unlock the rest of this episode, visit patreon.com forward slash K-A-R-E-N-G-E-I-E-R. It's only $5 to unlock over 20 hours of content.